Hi everybody, welcome back to Diversity with Diana. Uh, this is week two of our ongoing series, which is supposed to enlighten our, our listeners and our viewers to the matters that pertain humanity in Kenya and in Africa, and globally too. Uh, my name is Diana Sifuna, for those who don't know me. I am a youth advocate, a gender advocate, and most recently now a diversity advocate. The topic today will be on humanity power, specifically we'll be looking at police brutality in our communities. As I've told you that uh, this is the series, this is a series among many other series, which is Humanity Power KE. I'd like you to follow at the Power Tower KE, which is a local non-governmental organization that advocates for humanity power and humanity um, agenda in Kenya and in Africa. Today's topic on police brutality is not just Kenyan, it's not just African, it's not just in the United States, but it's for the whole globe. This week we're looking at uh, humanity power and specifically we're looking at police brutality. When we think of what is happening in the United States, the whole world watched as George Floyd breathed his last breath. Breonna Taylor was killed from her home and Ahmaud Arbery was killed while out on a jog. Bringing it back to Kenya, Eric Ngeve, Samantha Pendo, or Baby Pendo, as most Kenyans love to remember, remember her as, and Yasin Moyo were killed in the hands of the people that were to serve and protect the public. This has made me think deeply and look inward and wonder, what is it exactly that is affecting the police forces or the police services around the world? Today, President Buhari in Nigeria has actually spoken about police brutality in Nigeria as well, in the northern states. And I think the southern states too. And to me, this also links back to diversity. When, we look, when, we, when I speak about diversity and when I advocate about diversity, I'm looking at the tolerance, the tolerance to different views, different races, different genders, different ideas. And I'm thinking that once we are able to tolerate each other's differentness, once we are able to tolerate each other's skill set, once we are able to tolerate each other's skin color, then we are able to live together as a humanity. So speaking about the police service, the police service had reforms in Kenya about four or five years ago. And the whole purpose of the reforms was to transform them from being a police force to being a police service. The problem I see that may have happened is that there was lack of continuation or continuity to make the reforms innate or to be digested and ingested by the police service officers. I don't know how the training is at Kiganjo. And I'm glad that I'm doing this as part one of three series where I will probably be inviting a, a, a guest speaker who has served in the police or who has consulted with the police officers to tell us how, how they think or what are the orders that they're given when they're supposed to enforce certain actions. The whole world is dealing with COVID-19. You can imagine how stressful that is. No parent, no, no sibling, no person in, com in the community should have to wonder whether their child is coming home or not. You should not be wondering whether my son will be coming home from the grocery store or whether my son will be trying to uh, 
uh, sell something by the corner and then be arrested and killed while in police custody. So could it be a mental health case? And I posted this question on Twitter and I tagged, um, you know, IPOA and the Kenya Human Rights Commission and the police service as well. And I asked them, is it a mental issue that when it comes to enforcing laws, some rogue officers go off and change how they're supposed to implement their directives. So why is it that a female officer, as we saw, and in fact, I look for the photo of it and share, but why is it that a female officer, when she saw that an, a, a woman, a, a woman with a child came out of a bus, past the curfew hours, decided to escort this woman to her home, to safety, whereas others have beaten up women, children, old men, and also our young men. Who says the young people are supposed to, to just be harassed and bullied out there? So I am looking to start a petition online against the police brutality here back home in Kenya. As the world is taking a whole week to, to think about black lives that matter. I think here back home, we need to speak up. Comes a time when our silence is actually enabling the perpetrators to keep doing what they're doing. It comes a time when being quiet does not just work anymore. What is the purpose that you have as a member of society? It is your duty to stand up and speak up against any form of impunity, be it racism, be it police brutality, be it gender discrimination, all these forms, including corruption. Actually, corruption is one of the topics we will be discussing in our series. So today I just wanted us to think about it and join me in the Twitter discussions. I will be uh, holding a discussion on Friday where we will be talking about police brutality in Kenya. We will name the victims who have been victims of police brutality, who have lost their lives due to police brutality. We will, we will call them out. If we can join the Kenya Human Rights Commission, if we can join other actors to the Missing Voices Kenya, and we will be using the hashtag Police Brutality Kenya or Police Brutality KE and hashtag Humanity Power KE. So if we can join their forces and name the victims and also name the perpetrators because these people are members of society, we can't sit back and watch them kill our children, our sisters, our brothers, our mothers. Yasin Moyo's case was very sad. A 13-year-old who was shot at, it wasn't a stray bullet. It wasn't a stray bullet. His mother or guardian spoke up to the media. That was an aimed bullet intended for the person that was at the balcony. And he was at his home. And he got shot and he died. 13 years old. So as I wrap up this discussion today, or rather this topic, this thought-provoking topic, because my platform is meant to start igniting conversation, conversations that are beyond 15 minutes on podcasts or YouTube discussions, conversations that need to take us from our comfort, comfort in the homes, comfort in the offices that need to take us to the streets. As I start this platform or as I continue it to agitate for action, calling for action, youth action, women action, men action, 
gender advocacy, gender inclusion, leadership, police brutality, we actually are going to not have any changes that we, we need to see when we sit back in our comfort and not go out to the streets to march, to protest against all these forms of impunities. So subscribe and join me in my second uh, series of the police brutality case. I will be having a guest there. We will be speaking about this matter. And I look forward to receiving your comments either on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, at Diana Sifuna. Thank you very much.